0: Happy you guys are here. We're, uh, we're going to look in the scriptures tonight. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And uh, I want to say it is, uh, it is always a pleasure to be in the pulpit. But anytime I'm in the pulpit, you already know that it, it usually means that uh, the pastor's not feeling well. And so I, I, I have to be cautious and say that I enjoy being here, but it's not because of that, that reason. So I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm very thankful that he... Uh, feels comfortable enough to ask, and we're able to um, to serve in that manner. Also, on a, on another note, I appreciate Brother Kyle. Um, sometimes Kyle is overlooked in uh, in his in his service, and uh, in, and in, in just being here. When I asked him tonight, I said, "Brother, you're going to lead singing." And he said, um, <clears throat> "Did you say you want me to preach?" I said, uh, "Did I ask you to preach?" You know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so I didn't know if there was a mis an interpretation situation. You know what I'm saying. So, uh, anyways, I asked him if he could lead singing tonight, and he willingly stepped up and did that. And when he d- doesn't, Mr. Waddell and other men step up to, to to do those things. So we're thankful for the people that God has given us here at Maranatha Baptist Church and the willingness to serve. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, as we as we think about this, uh, this passage tonight, I've often uh, preached this and I titled it Who, right? Who is willing uh, to be a willing, humble, and obedient? I'm talking about uh, the Apostle Paul and how the Lord broke him, how the Lord met him on his way to Damascus to, um, to save his soul. I'm, I'm going to take a different, a different approach tonight. Uh, I'm using the same passage, but it's going to be uh, going in a little bit different direction. I want you to. I want to talk, talk just tonight for a little bit about how to know the Lord's will. How to know the Lord's will. Um, many times, as young people, and now we're more mature people for the most part, right? We do have some young people still here, um, but the young people, we often uh, we can't wait to have that freedom. We can't wait to uh, to get maybe a cell phone, maybe get a car, to get out on our own, to be our own person. And, and I want to say that that's all exciting because that's what every one of us, that's the next step, right? We grow up, and the next step is to make the, the, the young person more responsible to uh, make their beds, to clean their rooms, to get the clothes folded, then put away in the right places, then to go to school without mom and dad, do what they need to do. Uh, then it's trusting them to, with a cell phone, trusting them with a car, trusting them to go to a job, there's a lot of responsibilities, right? But in the, and in, in they all, and we were all there, okay? If anybody's different, you can raise your hand, but I know that we've all been there, right? We all sought for the same thing. <clears throat> but I remember being in high school, and I remember hearing the men of God preaching faithfully the Word of God and saying, What is the will of God for your life? And in the back of our minds, and, it, or, you know, as we were being presented with it, It seemed like this this kind of ghosty kind of thing up here saying, what's the will of God? And really not knowing and not able to put our hands on it, right? And by the way, it's still the same for the adults today. The will of God is still there. And the will of God still needs to be worked out. And here we are still seeking, but sometimes we forget and we start getting caught up with our own ambitions. We start thinking about all the things that we want to do and don't think that that, that ever stops, right? When you, make a, when you make a few bucks, you're like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I can make a few more bucks. And then it get, and, and if you, you know, some people, they get out of school and then they, they go straight into the workforce and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to make sure that's clear. There are different people, different places. Um, I know an individual. I'm not going to say the person's name, but said, man, think my life could be different today. Had I had an opportunity to go into a vocation rather than finishing my high school, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, finishing high school, of course, okay, but to go in a different direction rather than to go to college where I really wasn't ready to do that. Not everybody's made for college. Does everybody agree? Do we encourage it? Yes. But we've got to understand that that's not the will for everybody. Not everybody's book smart. Some people are hands-on. And we've got to understand that God has programmed each one of us to want to, to, to. He wants us to please Him in whatever we do, and whatever that is, you've got to find out what that is. And so we've got to find out what the will of God is. And tonight, through a few things, I just want to, I, a few points that I've, I've picked out, and they're kind of uh, they're, they're kind of um, in a few different places. But I want to make sure that it's clear that I think it'll be a help and an encouragement to you. But understand, this is not just for the young people. This is for the more mature young people. Because we still need to seek God's face. And we still need to be directed on our paths. Because, guys, it's real easy to say, you know, I'm beyond that. And think that, you know, the things that apply to our young people that we taught no longer apply to us. And that is not the case. The same rules apply in this game. Call Christianity and being faithful to the Lord. Okay? Let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word. Lord, thank you again for this time. Watch over us as we look into your Word. Lord, I pray that you'll put me behind the cross, that you might be seen, that you might be magnified and lifted up. Lord, watch over us as we, uh, we desire to seek uh, your face tonight and, and, and understand your will for each one of our lives. Bless us in a special way during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look in Acts chapter 9, we know that uh, Paul was on his way to... To get, he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter. He was going to go and get the Christians. He was going to imprison them, and he was going to do his thing. He had a letter, right? And that was his, his right to go and do what he wanted to do. And he thought he was doing the right thing, yes? Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, we, we need to keep you around. We're going to keep you another week. So, okay. No, i was just kidding. So, uh, we, so we, yeah, yes, he thought he was doing the right thing. But yet, can I tell you this? He was zeal without knowledge, even though he had a lot of knowledge. He didn't have the right knowledge. He did not know the Savior. So all that he was doing, that he thought he was doing in the name of God, was not done for Christ. And then we see in verse number 3, it says, As he journeyed, in in Acts chapter 9, verse 3, it says this, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And what does it say he did? He He fell. Anytime somebody falls before you, Can I say that that's a humbling experience? Yes? Yes. And that's exactly what happened. Thanks, Mom. That was awesome. That was a hefty, yes. All right, that was awesome. All right, so yes, indeed. Okay, now you got me startled up here. Uh, He fell to the earth, so he was truly humbled. And why was he humbled? He was humbled because there was a, a bright light that shined from heaven, and that was God's way of getting him to his knees. He broke him right then, didn't he? He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So the first point I want to talk about is this. In order to know the will of God, you must first know God. You have to know his salvation. You must accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Now, let me say this. I believe this, that when he fell to his knees, I don't believe that all the other men that were with him heard the same thing that he heard. I don't believe I don't believe they heard it. Because unless your heart is ready, unless the Lord is speaking directly to you, guess what? Those people there are not the ones that are going to hear. Just like the sermon tonight, you might not there, there might be somebody that's that's unsaved out here, which I don't even know. Because everybody here is claiming to be saved. But guess what? If you're not saved, the Lord might be speaking directly to you through his servant tonight. So I want you to understand. That the Lord broke him, he fell to his knees, and that's and and so he came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. Let's let's follow along a little bit further. It says, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? (laughs) Always cracks me up. Every time I read it, he says, Who art thou, Lord? He already knew who was talking, he already knew who it was. But yet he still asked the question. And then it says. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou uh, persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, listen to this. This is the next point. What wilt thou have me to do? Right? So he was humbled. And then he was willing. Right? What wilt thou have me to do? In, In our search for doing the Lord's will, we first of all have to be humble people. Number two, we have to be willing to do what he wants us to do. If we, if we are not willing to do what he wants us to do, guess what? We're going to be kicking against the pricks, right? And that's just a stick with a long, sharp thing, and it's just poking us every time. Um, Brooke, I hate you. you um, I think your dad used you as an example. Can I use you as an example? Good, thanks. Um, so <laughs> it was about your foot, like right? a week ago. Uh, you had a little marble or something under your skin. I I don't know what it was. She didn't even know what it was, but she said, "Mom, something's something's hurting me, right?" And you know, and it was just something tiny, yet it it was almost you know it it, done. She was (laughs) like a lion, right, with a little thorn, and then get this out of me. And so, mom was able to get it out, and everything was fine, right? That's that's kind of the way it is. It's just that constant picking, right? You're kicking, you're hurting yourself by not doing what you're supposed to do. Now, young people, and we've all been there. Okay when we didn't do what we were supposed to do and mom and dad had to encourage us encourage us in sign language some people encourage some people encourage some people encourage right there's many ways of encouragement but there's a there's an encouragement that has to happen and the lord wants you to keep doing that but if you start to kick or rebel there's more encouragement needed right so it's not healthy to want to buck the system, you have to be willing. So, first of all, we, we understand that we have to have salvation. We, we have to be humbled. We have to be willing. And then look, look here, it says this. The Lord said unto him, uh, in, verse number, well, in verse number six, He trembling in a sign said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must, be, what thou must do. So what do you think he did? It says, Arise, he did what? He arose. All right? He got up and he went to the city. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. Now, can I say this, guys? It says hearing a voice. You, yeah, there it is, right? Some people are hearing me tonight, but there are other people hearing me, understanding what I'm saying. So the same thing with the sheep, right? The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. They know the voice of the shepherd. My, I call my wife the dog whisperer. Anytime she says, come on, guys, those guys get up and she leads them. I mean, they, she could be leading them to slaughter, but they will follow her anywhere. If it's me, not so much. Not so much. But it's the sheep thing, right? So the sheep with the shepherd. When you hear, uh, when you hear the shepherd's voice, you've got to respond. So there's a, a humbleness, a willingness, and then there's obedience. It says in, a Saul, in in verse number 8, Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Now, I want to stop there for just a second. When you're unsaved, there's a couple things that are true. When you're unsaved, you are blind spiritually. And here, the Apostle Paul just happened to be blinded physically. Okay? There's, a, I'm not, there's, there's, nothing, there's no big secret, you know, like how, how pastors said, how, they, uh, how d- different men said, you know, there's this and that, and really expounded on something to make it something that wasn't even true. This is, is straight, okay? He was blinded by the light, okay, and he could not see. Spiritually, people are spiritually walking dead, aren't they? They're walking through this life thinking that everything, they have the you know, the, the world by the tail, and they think that they have it all going on, but yet they have nothing. They're blinded. And when we try to present them Christ, they don't understand. And they want to turn us away. They want to push us away. I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul, he was blinded uh, he was blind spiritually until the Lord opened his eyes. As we look, as we look in this passage, uh, in verse number three, uh, verse number nine. I'm sorry, verse number nine. It says, "And he was he was uh, three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord.' Here's another thing about uh, knowing the Lord's will. First of all, you need to be saved. You need to be willing. You need to be humble. You need to be obedient. But you also need to be Available. Right? Right. If you're not available, how can you be called somewhere? You can't. If you're not available, how can you be used over here? You can't. So you need to be willing and to be available when the Lord wants you to be available. And it says, The Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, now by the way, Ananias is a faithful man. He was an obedient man. Okay. (laughs) But in verse number 13, it says, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on his name. So let me ask this question. The uh, pastor spoke on this this morning, right? Not to fear what man can do to the body. Mm-hmm. Only fear what God can do to the soul. Here it is, he says, man, he's got papers. He's got a piece of paper. He can come and he can do whatever he wants to us. He can take us back and he can imprison, he's, in prison he's us whatever he needs to do, right? He's got permission. Whose permission outweighs whose? God's trumps all, right? So, so it was, it's, it's funny that he said that, but it, it goes right in line with what preacher was saying this morning about not fearing man. And it says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went and did what the Lord said. So he was totally obedient to doing what God said. Now, can I, can I be honest with you? We're looking at this. We're reading this. Ananias didn't have an opportunity to see his own name written in, in Acts chapter 9 and understand that this is what he needed to do. Okay? He was just hearing directly from the Lord. But here we are seeing an example, but yet how many times do we do the same thing? Lord, are you sure you want me to go and talk to that person? Are you sure that's, you know, I I really don't feel comfortable. Maybe, maybe that guy's going to harm me. Let me tell you about it uh, this week. Uh, this, uh, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. One, one day this week. I think it was Monday maybe. Um, I was at, uh, actually it was Friday. On Friday, I, I, I went to the gym, then I came back and I had to stop at the gas station. I had to get a couple dollars worth of gas so I could get home get cleaned up for the day. <clears throat> and I stopped and I saw this guy with uh, a bag and a suitcase, and he was standing over there with a t-shirt on. If you know anything about Friday, it was a little chilly. It was really windy. And I said, dude, are you okay? Do you need any help or anything? And, uh, and he said, oh, I'm good, man. My Uber you know, dropped me off, and you know, I couldn't really, really understand what was going on. It was a little weird um, because it sounded like he went to the airport, missed his plane, was brought back to this gas station, dropped off, and the Uber was supposed to come back and get him and then take him somewhere else. Really weird. Okay, I said, dude, can I help you in some way? And uh, he said, no, I'm, I'm good. So I started walking away. I said, I've got to talk to this guy. I've got to talk to him about the Lord. So I went back over and started talking to him about the Lord. I, could, I, could, I, I was almost back to my car, by the way. And I thought about just driving off. And I said, oh, I better go back and talk to him. Because how, how, how would I feel if something were to happen? By the way, I've never seen that guy again. Probably won't see him again. But how would I feel if I knew that he died and went to a crisis eternity if I hadn't talked to him? Amen. We've got to stop and talk to people. The will of God the, he, the, the will of God is this that He puts people in our path, and we need to take advantage of that to point them to the Savior, because they didn't, it didn't happen by accident. In verse number uh, in, 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 I'm sorry, in John chapter three, verse seven, it says, "You must be born again, right?" That's what he said to Nicodemus. That's what the Lord said. Guys, we need to tell people about the Savior to know the Lord's will. We've got to have salvation. We've got to be willing. We've got to be humble, obedient. We've got to be willing to share with other people. The next point I want to talk about is being submissive. Flip with me to uh, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to talk about submitting yourself. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7. It says these words. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, we talk about some being submissive. At this point, we've got, we, we have salvation, we understand that. Now we have to understand that we have, we have a, a boss, we have a Lord, right? We have a Savior. We have one that's greater than ourselves that needs to be followed and obeyed. Now, in the military, uh, it's, it's, I've never been in the military, but I know that they call you all kinds of names and everything but what you want to be called, but they're trying to get the right result. They're trying to, I'm, I'm not justifying anything that wouldn't be, you know what I'm saying, hey maggot, do what you're told, you know what I'm saying? you gotta, you got to get down there, you got to do what you're told, you got to hustle, you got to run, you've got to exercise, you've got to be strong, you've got to be a soldier, right? They're trying to create soldiers that are going to be able to endure through the hardness of the, the zones that they might be put in. And so we need to, we need to be like that. We need to get... Uh, we, we need to be like soldiers and we need to do what we're supposed to do and to be the people that we need to be. I, but we're, uh, we're submitted. We, we need to submit under that leadership. Okay? So you're, what was it, a major? Who are you under? A sergeant? Or who? I'm in the military. Um, Where, what were you? I, I was a staff sergeant. Staff sergeant, and then you had all those above you, right? Mm-hmm. So anybody that told you what to do, you had to do. Okay, so you say yes, you know yes, yes or whatever. And day they're always barking at you. But you had a choice to make, right? Every single day that you woke up, you you when they told you to get up and you got up, you had a choice. You either got up or you didn't. Actually, it was me that was telling them about that. <laughs> okay, so they had a choice to make. But <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, So they had a choice to make whether to get up or not to get up. If they didn't get up, what happened? So there was some encouragement <laughs> okay. that had to happen. So, so we understand, right? But they had the choice to submit, and that's to place oneself under, right? And that's what we need to do in the big scheme of things. When we're talking about, uh, when we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to be willingly submissive and place ourselves under his leadership. Now, when, uh, when there's people—I know, Jacob, you've been coaching soccer and baseball and that—those kids— they sign up for that, and they sign up to uh, participate in those forms. When they do, they are willingly submitting themselves under the authority in which you've been placed, right? And so they've got to do what he tells them to do. Now, within reason, obviously. But the bottom line is, is he's trying to get the right result out of them being submissive. Because with, when they're obedient and submissive, then the right things are going to happen. Same thing in our Christian lives. When we're submissive, when we're obedient, and we place ourselves in the arena of success, right? And that's under God's will. Then guess what? Everything's going to work out the way God wants it. Why? Because he owns us, right? right. As we continue on. In verse number, uh, in verse number uh, 5, it says, uh, Likewise, you submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another. Guys, we all have to submit ourselves to one another. None of us are greater than the other. Just because I'm up here doesn't mean that I'm I'm above you. It just means the stage is higher, right? I put my pants on the same way you guys do. We are the, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. We are we need to submit ourselves to one another because all of us need each other. As we continue on, it says and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the what? Proud. The proud. Guys, there is no room for being proud. What do I have to be proud of? Anything that, is, anything that good has happened in my life is because God has allowed it to happen to me. It isn't because I made it happen. So there's no re- reason for me to be proud of it. But there is a, we, we, have to, uh, we have to resist, the or God resisteth the proud, and he giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under, listen to this, and this is a key point. For anybody that really wants to know the will of God, is that we need to humble yourselves or ourselves, make it personal, right? Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now listen. Everybody's goal is to go, if, you, if you're, if you're going to go to school, you've got to go to school, and then you want to be the best in the class. If you go, and then you want to be oh the best at work. Right? You want to be the best driver over here. Right? You want to be the best ever person, permission person, Man. help me. <coughs> Facility specialist. I knew what she was saying. <laughs> it was right there. I took my tongue. <laughs> yep, yeah, what she said. Facility specialist, right? She wants to be the best one to keep all the nonsense out and to process it right so that they don't have to send it back to Canada. But if it's bad, send it back to Canada. It's okay. All right, so uh, so, anyways, whatever it is, we you want to be the best at whatever you do. I know, brother Tony, always loves to be known as the lawn man, right? The lawn maintenance guy, right? And so people come over and say, "Man, I got a new, I got this lawnmower. Can you help me out?" And he looks at, you well, know, and he so he gets into it and starts digging and he fixes it, and it's cool and he's, he feels good about fixing it. And then, you know, he sells that to somebody and then gets another one and he fixes something else. You always want to be the best at whatever you're, you're doing. Right? But there's nothing that you do on your own without the help of God. God has allowed you to do what you're doing. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that one, one day he might exalt you. Listen, every one of us have worked menial jobs, <laughs> cleaning toilets, right? Do whatever it is, okay? Whatever it is, whatever the lowest job that you think it is, guys, guess what? It's not beyond any of us. And if that's what God has for you, it's fine. But one day, you might be the one telling somebody, go and clean the toilets, right? But by the way, don't be that person that if you ask somebody to clean a toilet, that you're too good to go and clean that same toilet that you've asked them to clean, God has placed you there for a reason. Be humble and do what, what, what was expected of you from God. Look with me in verse number 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Guys, listen. As we, as we get more mature, as we, uh, as we have high expectations for ourselves, sometimes we worry about things that don't need to be worried about. So it's like this. Just cast just giving it up. Just giving it over to God and saying, you know what? I don't know what tomorrow brings. I, I My best laid plans can't be fulfilled because I think that I know what I'm doing, but I, can't, I don't. So just cast your cares upon him. Guess what? He's going to make a way for you. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting to think about the, the things that are that are happening. Even this week, Jake, we're excited about you graduating. That's awesome. But... In, the, in you know, with thing, there's clouds up there, right? What's the next step? What's the next step? Every one of us have, have things that are going on. I think about uh, Sarah and Matthew when they come back home. What's the next step, right? Well, I got to get a job. Got to get some money to go back to school. All right, got to work more jobs to get more money. For it, the battle is always there, right? So wherever you are, guys, we're all facing something. And God said, don't worry about it. I've got you, right? What did pastor say 140,000 on, uh, on, on most people's heads and some of the guys might be a little skewed, all right? That was pretty funny this morning. Guys, he knows, he knows what's going on in your life. There's nothing that's overlooked by him, all right? So we need salvation. We need to be submissive. Let's go down to, let's, let's go over to uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 119. As you're going to Psalm 119, we're gonna we're gonna stay there for for a few minutes. I'm gonna go consecutively on some verses here. Psalm 119. But before we before we get there, I'm just gonna read a uh, I'm gonna read one more passage just before we get it. It's Something that's very common, but I want to make sure I don't blow it and misquote it. In Psalm uh, three, uh, no, that's not right. It's coming. Hold on. So what? Proverbs. There we go. Proverbs three through um, five. No, I'm sorry. Five through seven. It says, "Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy what? Thy paths. So we've got to just turn it over to Him, and He's going to direct us. But we need to be the ones that are willingly submitting and giving it over to Him. It's, 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 it's not hard to understand, but it's hard to practice. And it's something we all continue to practice. Amen? Right. In Psalm chapter 119, I'm just going to read these very quickly. Um, but you can could, you could see that there's, and, and you, I just want you to see, it's all talking about the Word, but blessed are they. Okay? So when I say blessed are they, I'm just going to read parts of these different verses as I go along. Okay? In verse number 1. Blessed are they who walk in the law of the Lord. If you're walking in the law of the Lord and you're obedient to it, you're going to be blessed. Amen? It said it in the first word, blessed. Right In verse number two, blessed are they that keep his testimonies. And that, what's the next word? Seek Seek him with the whole heart. Guys, you honestly have to seek after what God wants for your life. We can get blinded by all the stuff right here. When we're sick, that's all we see. When we see when we're when we're having problems with the car, that's all we see. When the house is you know struggling, right? That's all we see. And it's like the forest. And if there's a big tree in front of you, you can't see beyond it because it's so big sometimes. So don't be don't be startled by all that. Blessed are they that seek him with their whole heart. So somebody that is and seeking to uh, find out what the Lord's will is, seek him with your whole heart. In verse number uh, three. It says, um, I, I just want to go to the second part of it. Blessed are they that walk in his ways. Not walking in our own ways, not walking like the devil, but walking in his ways. And verse number four. But, uh, I'm, saying, I'm saying blessed are they, right? I want to make sure that's clear. That was the very, at the very beginning, but I'm applying it to all these. Uh, blessed are they uh, that uh, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. God has precepts in his word. He has rules. He has laws. He has things that he wants, to us, abide, uh, wants us to abide by. So we need to abide by them diligently. In verse number five, it says, Oh, that my ways were directed... To keep thy statues. Guess what? If you're doing what God wants you to do, he's going to direct your path. In verse number 11, jump with me down, or jump, jump down with me, I should say. It says, thy word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. So he's blessing those that hide God's word in their heart. In verse number 24, uh, it says, thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things out there, guys, saying, hey, you need a counselor, you need help, you need this, you need that. Guys, the best counselor is God. The counseling should come from the pulpit. The counseling should be with the people of God all trying to do what God wants them to do and trying to help one another focus in that direction. Look with me in verse number 37. Verse number 37, it says, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. So turn my eyes away from what? Emptiness. Guys, this world is full of emptiness. If you, you know what I'm saying, back, back when I was a kid, they had, um, they had big big billboards. They had, you know, this woman standing there in a like a, you know, this big long gown with a big old cigarette hanging from her lips like that. Saying, I don't even know if it was hanging from her, I think it was just in her hand. But she was like, like this, and you ever wow, she's awesome, right? I want to be just like her. Well, not not me, but you know what I'm saying? Other people, that's what they want you to do. They want you to think that you want to be like that, but let's be honest. It's empty. These people are coming down with cancer. It's, it's not a good end. I've seen several people pass away of the lung cancer, and it's, it's not good. The best counselor is Jesus, is God. As we look in verse number forty-five, look at this. This is this is an awesome uh, awesome verse. Verse number forty-five. It says, "And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. For I walk at liberty, free, freedom. Did you did you read my sermon? No. Okay. I just I just want to make sure you did. Okay. So it is freedom, right, guys? People say, well, why can't you Chad? Why don't you drink? Why don't you smoke? And I say, guys. I don't need to. I don't need to be, submit myself to that. Right? And I've chosen not to do that. Real freedom is to say, I don't have to be bound by that. Right. And they, they don't understand that. I have more liberty in Christ than they do in that. So you have liberty, and guess what, guys? You don't want to give up that liberty easily. You have to fight every single day. Guess what? I, I'm an adult. I go to... Place I, I go to uh, events for Eisenhower, and guess what they have? Of all things, right? You're talking about places that are, they, we're out auto no-fault place, right? We're a place because people have been injured in car accidents, and they host these big parties, big shindings, right, to honor somebody that's been a, a, you know, a, a, a leader in the, in the industry. And what do they have? They have, they have wine, they have different drinks there. I don't know what they're called. You know what I'm i just know it's liquor. I don't participate in that. I make sure that my glass is very different from theirs. Because I don't ever want them to think that something clear in my glass is anything but one. Right. The thing that annoys me most is that these people should know better. Because most of our people have been injured in a car accident because of a drunk driver or drugs or something. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Right, it doesn't, it doesn't connect. But that's beside the point. So freedom is not being bound by something that can entangle you. Let's continue on. Verse number 101. Jump down there with me. In verse number 101, it says this. It says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. Guys, you've got to keep yourself. Now, is it, is it that you're keeping yourself or are you allowing God to keep you from doing what shouldn't be done. We shouldn't put ourselves in a bad position. We shouldn't go places we shouldn't be. So that it would look, uh, and it would look bad on us. Look with me in verse number 105. It says, uh, in verse number 105 it says, Thy word is a what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The older I get, the more I want a light on. Because if I stub my toe... I'm going to be kicking everything, and, and then it's really going to hurt, right? Man, I do not want to stub my toe. So I, I, sometimes I'll just pick up my phone if I have to go somewhere in the middle of the night so I can see what's in front of me. Because, and then we have a dog that's like an oath. He covers like as much as the I'm just kidding, Big dog. And So if that dog is in your way and you fall on your face, it's not the dog's fault. It's because you didn't see where you were going. Right? So the, the, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So as we're talking about how to know the Lord's will, guys, you've got to use what God has given us. And that's the book. You've got to be in it. You've got to be reading it. You've got to be applying it. You've got to be sharing it. In verse number one, uh, 133, we're almost done, guys. Just bear with me for a few more minutes. It says this, Order my steps in thy word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Order my steps. Or direct my steps. We want the Lord to direct all of our steps. If we don't have that as a prayer for our lives, we're failing. Because guys, I can tell you this. Without Him, I probably would not be here today. Well, I I guarantee I wouldn't have been here today. Okay, But I'm saying without Him... Without the Lord showing Himself and making Himself real to me through some friends that influenced my life, I would not be the man that you see here today. And can I say that neither would none of you women or men would be in the same place because you would have, you may have made different choices had you not been influenced for the cause of Christ. We got just a, just a couple more things here look with me in uh, Romans chapter one and two uh, twelve one and two Romans chapter twelve verses one and two and pastor is i think exhausted these uh, these verses he, he did a tremendous job in these verses but i 'm just i 'm just going to hit them and run, but I want to make sure that this is clear the third point is this so the first, uh, point number one was uh, salvation second point was submit third point is this sacrifice in verse number one and two of chapter twelve it says this I beseech you, or I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living what? Sacrifice. sacrifice. holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He wants you to be a living sacrifice. What good is a dead sacrifice? It's none. Okay? It's, those days are done. He wants us to go out. He wants us to live life. He wants us to guys. I, I'm not I'm not trying to be I, I'm not trying to be like some other uh, televangelist that you know it's gotta be good and all this stuff. No. But he wants us to enjoy life. Yes? But he wants us to he wants us to enjoy life under his guidance. And I can tell you this, that it's a lot more fun to do what he wants us to do than what the Lord wants us to do, than than what the It's a lot more fun to do what the Lord wants you to do than what the world wants to influence you to do. The last point. I told you it wouldn't be long. You need to flip flip with me to uh, Daniel for just a second. Daniel, chapter 3. The last point is this, guys. I want you to understand that we need to be sold out. We need to be sold out. We need to be dedicated. We need to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, here these young men were... Uh, he said, you're going to bend, you're going you're to bow. And they said, no, we're not. And he said, you're going to bend, you're going to bow. In verse, uh, verse number 13, let's look at that for just a second. It says, then Nebuchadnezzar uh, in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all uh, kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not... You shall be cast in the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able, listen, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So you guys know the story. They fired up the furnace. They chose not to do it. They say, go and get those men. And then it says what? It says in there again in verse number 20, look at it. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the fiery furnace. And guys. They, they perished. And they said, make it seven times hotter. And then they perished, right? As they were trying to, they were like, what's going on? And then they realized that there was a fourth person in there. Amen. Can I say this? God's stronger than anything, that, any problems that we have. So when you're thinking about God's will for your life, understand that he has something very, very special for you. And we don't understand it. We don't understand it all the time, but He has something very special. Let me read this to you. Um, I, let me read this to you, and then we'll we'll be done tonight. It says this: If you're struggling to believe in your poem, okay, and I, I'm gonna—it's an acronym—and I just want to read it real quick. Uh, in your poem, here are four uh, points to help bring bring your poem out. Right? It's talking about your life, basically. Perspective: If your perspective is on God and what He says about you. It will be easier to believe the truth that you are his masterpiece or his poem. We need to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto him. The letter O. Own who God created you to be. Stop trying to compare yourself to others or pretend to be someone you think your mother, high school friends, or younger self said you should be. Own your masterpiece and live your poem. E. Experience God's love. let yourself experience God's love through His word through your community and in the quiet places of your lives, we cannot live our poem if we don't experience His love. Again, everything that we're talking about is all around him. and then the letter M it says this: Make it your mission to help others become the masterpiece God created and see the poem he's placed within them. Guys. God has something special for you. We don't know all the time what he's, what, we don't understand what he's doing. But guess what? He's got a point to everything he's bringing you through. And what he's bringing you through might be to help others be brought along when they need it. So don't forget the people that are coming up behind you because they're looking at you. So be the person that you need to be. Submit yourself to him and be a sold out Christian. Have salvation, have, it, have, uh, have submission, and then have the uh, sacrifice, and then be sold out. Four points to help you understand the will of God. Let's pray. Dear Father, again, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this time that we've been able to share the word. But I pray that there, there's hearts that would be uh, convicted, that hearts would be uh, changed because of you. Lord, we need to be uh, Christians that are sold out for you. We need to be more impactful in the world that we live in. Help us to be the people that, uh, that you desire us to be. Bless, in a, bless us in a special way. If there's a need for the altar, Lord, we just encourage that heart to come, uh, come forward tonight. Bless us in, in, during this time in Jesus' name. Amen.